No two people are the same. Each may have the same cancer, yet each may need a different treatment. At Dana-Farber Brigham Cancer Center, we're specialists. All we do is cancer. Our personalized approach gives us a deeper understanding of your needs and how to get you well. For an appointment in Boston, Foxborough, Milford, or South Shore, contact DanaFarberBrigham.org. We specialize in cancer and you. B-Pod Studios. The Felger and Maz podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, the show you'll be talking about. That was not me hemming and hawing. In therapy. Socks! Socks, stocks, stupid socks. It's Felger and Maz, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Please join me in welcoming Patriots Hall of Famer, Mike Vrabel. Come on, we got a game to win. I can't be up here that long. I want to thank the fans. I, I, I haven't been back as much as I should since 2009, but I want to thank the fans. I want to thank the fans that made coming and playing in this stadium unbelievably special. When we traveled, you were there. When we were here, you were there. I can imagine how you screamed and yelled at the night games on third down and when you threw the snow and, and every memory that comes back right now. So I want to thank you, fans, okay, for the opportunity to stand here today in front of you. Also in front of my teammates, I want to thank them. But I also want you not to take this organization for granted. I've been a lot of places. This is a special place with great leadership, great fans, great direction, great coaching. Enjoy it. It's not like this everywhere. Thank you very much. And there he is, former Patriots linebacker, current Patriot Hall of Famer, and potentially next head coach, Mike Vrabel. Back in whenever that was, October, November, some point during the year, during his induction ceremony down there at Gillette, he has been relieved of his duties today in Tennessee. And this has been uh, rumored he has been linked to the Patriots for some time. And that chatter sort of picked up in the last couple of days. And now it has hit overdrive as he has been fired today in Tennessee. And that's how we will begin today on a big boy Tuesday. Yeah, big boy. The big boy is Greg Bedard from the Boston Sports Journal. He joins us in our Town Fair Tire Studios alongside Maz and Murray. Kevin Kevin and Stu behind the glass. Hi, good and you. We're brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook. Greg, your thoughts? In the words of the movie Almost Famous, it's all happening. I mean, look, I think this is... If the Crafts could have drawn it up, and maybe they did, I don't know, this would be the ideal scenario for them. That Vrabel, somebody that they know, somebody that they trust, somebody that they view as an upgrade over Belichick in a variety of ways, including collaboration and dealing with a general manager slash personnel department, uh, restaffing, just knows the standard of the Patriots, knows the deal with replacing Belichick, has vast experience in a different a number of different ways, including as a defensive coordinator, as a head coach. He is a he is if not on Belichick's level at this time, very close to it in terms of in game coaching. 
strategy, clock management, discipline of a program, players playing hard for them. I think that, and then you look at the big question, I'm sure we'll discuss it during these two hours, you know, what about Vrabel and offense? How does that look? Uh, those are legitimate questions, but, you know, you, you you could see a scenario, and I laid this out, I think, about a month ago, that Mike Vrabel as head coach, Gerard Mayo as defensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien or and or Josh McDaniels as offensive coordinator, GM DeJour, I don't know, somebody internal, Elliot Wolf, somebody that he that Vrabel has comfort with from Tennessee, like Ryan Caldron, uh, to me is the ideal scenario for the Patriots to move on from Bill Belichick. That's the best they can do. Yes. You think that's the best it, case scenario? To the crafts. To the crafts and okay. a vast majority of the fan base. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, to the crafts because they want continuity. They they want a so it's it's their family business. It's well, it's the most precious thing to them. Like they're not I'm not talking they, about that. Craig. They wouldn't be they wouldn't be inclined to hand it over to a stranger. Be like the Dolphins or the Jets. Just bring in somebody, the hot shot offensive coordinator du jour. That's just not what the Crafts are going to do. They did it with Pete Carroll. It didn't work. Belichick they they had a history with. They understood him. They understood the way what made him tick. They understood his mind. Vrabel follows in that and that they can entrust their family business with Mike Vrabel. Understood. Vrabel keeps it in the family. Mm-hmm. Is that the right thing to keep it in the family? For okay, for them, I get it. Yep. For the team, for fans, how how should we feel about their desire to keep it in the family, and you, your plan where there is some amalgamation of Belichick guys and Vrabel guys and new guys, but there's a, a a delineation from the previous regime. They keep it in the family. Murray, for example, how do you feel about that? I find it annoying. It, show, it shows me that they're only comfortable with what they know in some way, shape, or form. I think this thing whole, completely has to be different going forward. The Why? game has changed. The league has changed. Because it only worked with, with Brady. It really did. All these other guys are just kind of parts to the whole thing that all want to take too much credit for it. It was him the whole time. So let's move on. He's gone. So Mike Vrabel in Tennessee, without personnel control, without say in who the general manager was, with Ryan Tannehill, Marcus Mariota, Blaine Gabbert, Malik Willis, Josh Dobbs, and Will Levis as his quarterback, was not successful? That wasn't successful enough for you? The head, the the ceiling to me was like a conference championship game like three or four years ago, whatever the hell that was, and that's when he had yeah, Arthur before, Smith as the OC. Like, it works to a point. I think it's still defense first, and they don't really care about the offense 100%, 100% that the biggest question going forward in terms of, especially if it's Vrabel, what's he going to do on offense? That is a that is a, an important question. He needs to have an answer for that. That doesn't involve, you know, Matt LaFleur, his offensive coordinator's first year. One year... Goes and gets the Packers job. Arthur Smith's in for two years. Goes and gets the Atlanta job. Then all of a sudden things fall down. This is what happens with a defensive coach. But I would subscribe to you with the options of Bill O'Brien, Josh McDaniels, Arthur Smith. You have three guys right there who aren't likely to get a head co- to leave for a head coaching job anytime soon. To so for me, well, I tell you right about McDaniels. <laughs> 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 what kind of offense does Arthur Smith run? Uh, I mean, it's. Is it Shanahan? Is it Reed? Is it? I would say it's. What a, is it? I would say it's a mix between. It, it's been a while since I watched him. Um, I think he built on a lot of what Lafleur did. I think I would say it's more similar to 
Lafleur, but it's also you know pretty conservative, more along the lines of the Patriots' offense. Mass, what's your thoughts on all this? So look, uh, to me, Vrabel's the guy. I felt that way yesterday. I felt I felt that way as this thing is going uh, going on. That Vrabel's the guy because I think of based on what's out there, he's the best fit. He's the best fit. And when I say fit, I recognize he's a defensive guy. I also think he has a lot of the qualities you want in a head coach. I don't disagree with you about the notion that you want an offensive guy up to run the organization. I do too. But I think Brable's the best you're going to do right now. And the challenge now is to find an offensive coordinator that can implement some of the modern things you need to run an offense in that league and have Vrabel provide a lot of the discipline, structure, you know, the day-to-day commitment that you need. So and look, the the I, I agree with Greg's assessment that the Crafts want something known to them. Belichick was a known thing when they brought him in, right? Like they knew what it was, and it worked. And so I, you know, it's not necessarily one step to the next Belichick. So you, you follow me? It sure. might be two steps, and and Vrabel's the first one. Maybe it turns into being two steps. But right now, I think it's the right thing to do. To to me, the most interesting part is he was fired versus. You know, there's some sort of trade there. And I think that's a that's a real development that speaks to more things that are going on behind the scenes there, maybe here, mm-hmm. uh, maybe elsewhere. And, you know, th- that to me is a significant detail, and I feel a lot better about it. Uh, I would not have wanted to give up a first or a second round pick for Mike Vrabel. As we, talk- we started to talk about this yesterday. Sure. He does not rise to that level. Very few coaches do. I mean, I, if you ask me, you know, is there any coach in the league I'd want to give up a high draft pick for? I, I think Sean McVay m- might be my only guy at this point that I would say he's worth that kind of capital. I don't think Vrabel is. Shanahan? I just dis- I just disagree with that. You know, and, and I'll tell you why. Because I've heard talking to people around the league and, and, you know, publicly on podcasts or whatever, Thomas Dimitrov has talked about this. Randy Mueller, who I covered with the Dolphins have talked about this, that they said if they could do it all over again, they would have given up a draft pick for the coach that they wanted. They de- And I would have done that. if it, I would have given up whatever, a future one, a two. I would have given up whatever for yeah. Mike Vrabel because I think he is that good. What I would say to those GMs is pick better players. Don't blame the coach because I think what that's all about. I just think the days of the superstar coach are dwindling where you, you he would did you know, Belichick at one time, you know, in that era – you gave up a pick for Bill Belichick coming off a failure in Cleveland. He would not get a first-round pick today, nor should he. I think people have rethought that, and I've rethought that. And I'm not, I'm not giving up a draft pick for any defensive coach. Sorry. You're- I just think you underestimate. The head coach sets the course for everything. The building, the discipline. The quarterback the- sets the course for everything. We haven't learned our lesson. Okay, yeah, Brock Purdy you know, is Tom Brady. Feels like an exception. But I think, you know, I mean, you tell me, I mean, who is it? Are, are, who sets the tone in Kansas City or Buffalo or Cincinnati right now? I mean, where, where does it all come from? So I don't know. I mean, we can just agree to disagree. I, I'm, I'm not giving up a draft pick for a defensive coach. You want to you want to talk? You said Shanahan, you know, like an offensive mastermind with, you know, uh, a forward thinking offense that like that's to me a little different quarterback whisper, something like that. I'll consider it as much as I like Vrabel. I just, I'm not giving up a, a, a high draft pick. So hey, this is, it's moot. You don't have to give it up. So I feel much better about it. What a stroke of fortune that was. So the only, the only coach trade that hasn't worked was Herm Edwards. 
That was it. Well, They've all, all the rest of them have worked. Sean John Payton, Gruden, Sean Payton, Mike Holmgren, Sean Payton, Bill Parcells, Sean Payton. Per- he just coached one year. Okay, well, what do you expect? Super Bowl in his first year? Jury's out. Okay, fine. You can say that, but you know he's a good coach. Jury's it's going out. To work. Jury's out. We don't know if it's working. Yes, or not. but you just said it like it didn't work. No, I just said jury's out. It's a shootout loss. <laughs> <laughs> you get a point for it. Did you see Pasternak's attempt in the shootout? Uh, I did not. Yeah. I, I did you see this? Yes. I've heard. It's it the only time I'm going to mention this, but it yeah. was it was insulting. Maz, you got to see it. Did, did, did you so see bad. it? It was so. Did you bad. see it? Are you playing? Are you yeah. trying? Yeah. Did you see that? Even my son laughed. Oh my god. That, I just had to mention that. He got caught in between doing no, it. No, 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 zero no. effort. No, it was, a, it, it was an insult to sports. It was an insult to sports. It's a great hockey game last night. What a great game that yeah, was. It was phenomenal. Holy smokes. I'm glad I just had a second to say that. If the Bruins can get out of the first round, maybe we can see seven games of that. Shootout law. It was a shoot. Uh, so what are we talking about? Peyton. Uh, jury's yeah. out. <laughs> jury's out. Her, someone traded for Herm Edwards? Yeah. I know. I didn't know that either. Yeah. It was uh, worst trade ever. The Kansas City Chiefs traded a fourth round pick to the Jets, what? and what? he went fifteen and thirty three. Idiots! <laughs> Seriously, Bruce Arians worked. Holy crap! Vrabel's not my first choice. Tom Brady worked. <laughs> huh? Bedard said a clip about Bruce Arians worked, and I said no. Tom Brady worked. Oh god! Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, Bruce Arians was a trade. Yep. Okay. Six-round pick. Okay, but again, offensive guys. So, like, again, I'm trading for offensive guys. I'm not trading for defensive guys. Anyways, they don't have to trade for him now. Gruden's in Right, they don't have to trade for him now, so I feel better about it. He's still not my first choice. But Who's your first choice? I like it better than Mayo. Uh, My first, you know, like, I would go Eric Biennemi before I went Mike Vrabel. I would. Not a chance in hell. I have no idea. And plus, there's, why hasn't he gotten a job yet? Well, hold on. Of course I have no idea. Like <laughs> that's the whole point of the show, Greg. Uh, you, you, you have no idea. You thought I had some idea? No, I mean you have no idea. Like, of course, no, no. Obviously, I have no idea. And there's obviously something wrong with the guy because no one will give him a shot, even with all of his success. So, uh, you know, my 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 first choice is sort of nameless, tight pants offensive coach Skippy Magoo. Like that's you know what we've sort of talked about. Who's the next guy off the tree? Mm-hmm. And you know, like. I, part of me really hates Lafleur in Green Bay. I think as a head coach, I I, I I just I can't stand him. But his offense is really beautiful. It's a lovely it's a lovely scheme. It really is. And he sunk his teeth into this Jordan Love, and he turned him into a player. And I know he's gonna Lafleur is gonna f up the clock like he did at the end of the first half in the Chicago game. If you were watching that. He's going to F something up. He has no touch on defense. I know that, I know that, I know that, I know that. But I also think my team's going to be in it for the next 10 years because we've got a quarterback and an offense, and they, like, so that's sort of what I want. I want the next guy off of that. Who Who's the next Matt LaFleur? Who's the next McVay? Who's the next, like, that's what I want. I, I, I get it, and, and I don't disagree with you, but looking at it through the lens of the crafts, which, which we have to do, they own the team. Do they strike you as somebody, a, uh, uh, a partnership that's particularly risk, uh, like to take on a lot of no, risk. No, I mean, so so that's the whole thing, and you got to look at it from Kraft's perspective. That he knows that Tom Brady, he let Tom Brady walk out the door. He wins a Super Bowl in his first year. He lets Bill Belichick walk out the door and say he goes to the playoffs. He's going to have Gerard Mayo with a rebuild here in that first year. 
There's no way he's going to get killed. Oh, look. They, he has to win. If they divorce and Bill goes someplace else, Kraft has to match that and has to win. Oh, I, believe me, I'm taking uh, Vrabel over Mayo. That's that's not the calculus. You're saying, what's my first choice? It's neither. Yes, Maz. No, I'm just at this point, how do they not hire him? He's free. So, like, so <laughs> yeah. like the whole compensation thing's off the table. And, and, and he's got even, his contract. Right, two more years left to, on his contract. They don't even have to pay him for two years. Oh, my God. There's off still. Oh, my God. And he's they, free. Yeah. And they get a break on the price. Yes. If they don't, it's, a, it's a done deal. If they, if they, <laughs> it's a done deal. If they hire Mayo over Vrabel now, they should sell the team. <laughs> Seriously, it's as cheap as it gets. Okay. Your next head coach is probably Mike Vrabel. Your thoughts right after these words. Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this basketball season? Test your skills on prize picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com/get100. For a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Driving you home and driving you crazy. No one has any idea what the hell that means, but that's what that means. It's Belger and Maz on the Sports Hub. But as far as who's gone, the biggest name up there is Rob's former coach, Bill Belichick. And look, I don't think Bill comes back there, but now it's just a matter of do they fire him or they decide to move apart in the next couple days, or do they try and hold on and trade for him? If you try and trade for him, then that's going to take a little bit longer. Either way, Jimmy, I think his tenure in New England's over. Well, even though he's my friend, I'll just say this. I don't know what's going to happen, but I do know this. He loves coaching. He loves to compete. And with the right personnel, he can win a championship and go I think if he's out there, there'll be opportunities for him. Right, until the Vrabel news uh, broke, Greg and I were going to disagree on the strength of Glazer's report there. Pre-game, that was pre-game Sunday, where Jay Glazer says, I think he's gone there in New England. Uh, and that he'll have a landing spot somewhere else. So, uh, Greg, you, you came into today. Well, I, this is how you felt two hours ago. I don't know if you feel this way today, but... You still felt that there was a path for Belichick to remain, a, you know, a, a pretty high percentage compared to most people. You said there was a 33% chance that he returns. Mm-hmm. Do you still feel that way? The Vrabel news probably brings it down a little bit, but I do think there, I do think that there's a chance. I think that, uh, and I laid this out in a column on Sunday after talking to people uh, around the situation, around, you know, Belichick's and the crafts, that Bill was going to go in there and he was going to have an open and frank discussion with Robert and Jonathan and the things, some of the things that would be discussed was their role in what's gone on here, especially this past season in well, terms of I'm Bill sure, O'Brien I'm and sure the, the quarterback. Crash would love to hear that. Well, no, ahead. just that. Look, they know, they know they they interceded some, and it didn't go well. I mean, that's just a fact. Maybe they're not going to like it, but you know, they're fine being honest. Just just as a jumping off point to be like, look, I screwed th- some things up. You screwed some th- things up. I understand where we are. Here's what I see going forward or, you know, that I want to remain here. 
You know, that it's comfortable for me. I have power. I have money. I have Nantucket. I have my kids on staff. It's all very comfortable. I want to remain here. I want to finish what we've started. I don't want to go out like this. So here's my plan. You know, let's bring in Josh McDaniels. You know, it was good two years ago. Uh, you let, he's going, I'm going to lean on him heavily for uh, the next quarterback and the offense. Uh, I am going to, you can, you can help pick the general manager. I will defer to them on the 90 man roster. And we will be in collaboration on trades, whatever, big swings, drafts. You'll, you'll be involved. Uh, but th- that would be Bill's pitch. And I don't, I don't think it's over yet. I don't. Okay. And, and I'm just handicapping the media game. I, I just think Glazer's a gold standard uh, reporter. I don't think he gets big things wrong. I can't remember the last time he ever got anything wrong. I I agree with you, but I just just hearing it again, he didn't sound definitive. To me, it was more of a TV production thing, just like the Fox broadcast during the game was, you know, where we're broadcast. Bill's the biggest news. Bill's the biggest name. You have to say something. He said, like, I think... You know, it wasn't when he has something, he says, I have scoopage, yeah. scoopage alert. Well, like, let me tell you again, the visual, we can't run it because Fox wouldn't let us run it. Even just a still pitcher. Really? Yeah. But he's standing. We asked for a Sunday night for the TV show on Sunday night. He's standing in front of a big board. Jay Glazer is when he's delivering this report that has Belichick's picture. And in red letters, the word gone. I thought it was done, but it was it's it's gone. gone. I went yep. back and looked at it today. And we tried to run it on TV on Sunday night. Fox wouldn't give us permission. Uh, we can only run. We can't even run pictures of beetles and hornets. Then never mind that. But uh, Jay Glazer is not going to stand in front of a big video board that has Belichick's picture and the letters and the word "gone" written across the thing with him in front of it, delivering that news. If he doesn't have it, I just, I just know Jay. I don't know Jay really well, but. I know him well enough and have followed him long enough to know he ain't doing that. So I just I mean, thought it wasn't quite well, no, definitive. I mean, the words, you it's know, true. The words says, and also he said, I don't think, I mean, right. I, I hear you. Schefter had, I think he was in front of lean done or lean gone, something like that yeah. on ESPN. I just think, and, and even what Jimmy Johnson said, you know, right after Glazer, he's like, you know, we're, we're friends. I don't know what's going to happen. I, I think he's crapping. I just think like I think there's covering. a large blind spot for a lot of people with this party of three, and I think people are just reading the tea leaves in terms of, yeah, it feels like it's done. It feels like that both sides are going to want to move on and do something different. I mean, look, I think the thing's done. I, I don't, you know, we can. It's never over until they actually press the button. Okay, so like that part should be clear. If it's not going to be over now, it's never going to be over. A couple quick calls here before we get to more with Bedard. Nick in the car, go. Hey, uh, yeah, my question is, uh, if we do get Vrabel, uh, do we retain Mayo? I'm going to cut you off right there. Does Mayo stay under Mike Vrabel? And how does Mayo feel about that after being promised the job? Well, you're assuming he was promised the job. And, you know, and a lot of people have made that assumption, and that's fine. And a lot of people have talked up his, his candidacy. I just didn't – the Crafts didn't do that with Josh McDaniels. I don't know why they would do that okay, with Gerard Mayo. But you, were, certainly- you were standing there at the owners' meetings – listening to Robert Kraft at the NFL Network when he told Judy Batista that Mayo's the heir apparent. You heard yes, it with your at, own with your yes, own ears. and I reported it. And, you know, but she also led in with heir apparent, and she's dealing with an 80-year-old man. And also he said, yes, you know, he could be the heir apparent, but we all have a lot of good people okay. on staff. So, okay. all right. you know, I, do I think 
Do I think the Crafts had uh, strong words for Gerard? Yes. Do I think that Gerard maybe like heard something else in his head, like I'm the successor? Uh, maybe. Mm. Uh, but uh, I think that, look, his, his option, say it's Vrabel. It's either go with Bill and deal with the same situation with Steve and probably not going to be defensive coordinator and all that bull crap, or do you stay with Gerard with a strong chance that you're the defensive you coordinator? Stay with Vrabel. Start, stay with Vrabel. Strong, uh, strong chance that you're the defensive coordinator. I would take or, C, or go someplace else with somebody else to be their DC. C. F. I you agree. all. I agree. I'm I'm done with all this crap. No, well, you know what the problem is going to be there. You all can go suck it. I'm I'm going to go with a Shanahan or McVeigh guy and have run half the building, be the defensive coordinator, and probably win before all you jokers. Bye bye is what I would do if I were Gerard Mayo. Okay, and I would leave too, but he might he might not be able to match the money. They probably had to pay him more to keep him here. Here's uh, Pete in Marble. Go ahead, Pete. Hey, guys. Just uh, want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, possibility. So Amy Adams Strunk fired uh, her coach today. What if they had a backroom deal with the Crafts where they both fired their coaches and then they would rehire each other? So Belichick ends up in Tennessee sure. for able here. And they both get to benefit from offset. So it just it's a it's effectively a trade with no compensation. Yeah, you pay my guy, I'll pay yours. Yeah, the only thing is, and 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 I was busy doing my podcast and then driving in here when all this. So I haven't seen her statement. I got to go look at it. But I'm th- pretty sure her statement said something about uh, it was pointed sort of towards Rabel about like she wants collaboration mm-hmm. going forward. Yeah, they yeah. read it on the midday show. Bill Belichick. Mr. No. Collaboration. Oh, yeah. oh, that's what he told us on Monday. Right. Yeah, the statement basically says that Vrabel acted like Belichick did, that he was, you know, difficult and you know, single-minded and wasn't willing to work with others. That's basically what it said. No, he just didn't want to work with the GM that was forced on him, which, if I'm a head coach, I don't want to do that either. More your thoughts on where the Patriots stand today with the latest news breaking this afternoon. Mike Vrabel out in Tennessee and headed to New England, question mark. Plus, we'll give you a quick three up, three down from the season with Bedard right after Murray gets you updated. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Belger and Maz continue on the Sports Hub. And now it's time for three up. Touchdown, Patriots! Two big throws on this drive by Mac Jones, your quarterback. What a throw on the skinny. I'll take more of this, please. Three down. Put a jacket on him. He don't want to be out here. Sit him down. With Greg Bedard from BostonSportsJournal.com. Three up. I know you're very results-oriented. I get that. Three down. It's a fail all around. Fail, fail, fail. On Felder and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. All right, quick break from the coaching Mike Brabel discussion for three up, three down. It's brought to you by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. Enjoy the game with the original triple distilled, triple blended, and triple cast matured Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. Because when it's game time, it's Tully time. Please drink responsibly. Greg asked me before the show, before the show should the three up, three down be from the Jets game or the season? <clears throat> it was a pretty easy uh, answer. <laughs> season, Greg, the season. We're not discussing the Jets game. Season, number one stud for the Patriots on the season. Christian Barmore. He uh, became 
top 10 defensive tackle, led the team in quarterback pressures. That might have been different if Judon was healthy, but um, outstanding. He really developed where he went, really went to another level was against the run. He's become terrific against the run. I look forward to him being a uh, dominating two-way defensive tackle, and they have to get an extension done with him this offseason. Barmore, single biggest positive development on the team from the beginning to the end. Two. Ezekiel Elliott. I thought he was outstanding throughout from start to finish. He was a uh, really good player for this team, arguably the most consistent offensive player this year. Uh, I thought he was great. Jabril Peppers, I'm not a huge fan. I think he's more of a run game player. But overall, again, beginning to end, factored in turnovers, proved to be a good leader, played hard, beginning to end. A lot to like about his year. Three. I don't disagree uh, with Peppers. I should do another defensive player considering the, the, the breakdown of the team, but I'm sorry. David Andrews, he was outstanding this season considering the absolute crap show that was going on between next to him at the guard spots, let alone the tackle spots. Uh, I thought he, he, he had perhaps his best season this year. I thought he was terrific, played every single game, every single snap. He was awesome. Jelani Tavai, I thought he was really good beginning then. Again, I tried to pick guys, you know, the full body of work, the whole season. And it wasn't perfect, but he was one of their, I don't know, four or five best players at a, at a minimum, I think, top three. Three down, lot to choose from, hard to pare it <laughs> down. Let's try. Number one down. This is going to be a little bit unfair because he's young and used to play a different position, but Antonio Maffi had the most allowed pressure this year. He did not play well when he was in there. I'm not saying he's going to be a bad player. I think he's got a lot of really nice skills, but he needs a lot of development. But to me, by far, him and number two on my list, uh, Vidarian Lowe, they were very close to each other. About They just weren't good enough, and the offensive line is what really did this team in this year. Uh, Mac Jones. I mean, you start the year, you know, again, three years ago, number 15 pick in the draft, terrific rookie season. This year they got him as coordinator. By the end of the year, he was inactive, and some guy named Rourke was was the backup quarterback. And Mac Jones, the biggest failure on the team, no question. So Lowe's your number two, Greg? Lowe's my number Who's two. number two for you, Mess? Uh, Juju. Again, horrible. Oh, Juju Smith-Schuster had 260 yards receiving all season. Amari Cooper had 265 in one game, <laughs> and he plays for Cleveland. <laughs> Without a quarterback. Number three, Greg, number three down. The quarterbacks, the two of them. Mac Jones was a little bit worse than Bailey Zappi, but uh, they they both weren't good enough. Now, do I think they were both a victim of circumstances? What went on here? And about how, you know, turnovers, uh, as opposed to Bill, I don't believe that turnovers just don't just happen out of nowhere. I believe that they are a product of what you put around players, especially the quarterback position. And when you get them crappy blocking, no running game, no targets, yeah, you're going to have a lot of turnovers. And But still, neither quarterback was good enough. I don't want to hear about either of them ever again. I want them both gone in a new regime and start fresh. Chad Ryland. Ah, good one. It's hard to put a kicker on the list. He blows. But he was so bad. He was so bad. He was worst in the league. They were worst in the league on field goal percentage. He was so bad. How can you leave him off? On some of the misses. Just unreal. All right, there are your three up, three down, as promised. Right back to your telephone calls. Tommy and Lynn, what do you got to say today? What's up, boys? This is what I got to say today. Oh, uh, you can't say you're. Tommy calls back. 
He says he wants Mike Vrabel. He likes Mike Vrabel. Do you think Mike Vrabel is going to be a popular choice among fans? Largely, yes. I think there will still be people, especially the Bilbos out there, who who you know are just like, well, he's not that much better than than Bill. Look at his record. Yeah, well, one of them had total control and personnel, and had control over what happened at the quarterback position, uh, and the other one didn't. And including, you know, one of them had. Just awful Ryan Tannehill being hurt the last two years. Having to play 11 games with Malik Willis at quarterback last year. Considering what Vrabel had at quarterback Let in me his ask, time in Tennessee, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Let me ask a simple question. Was Mike Vrabel's tenure in Tennessee a success? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I do too. Uh, you know, fans are going to just have to reset on what success is. You freaking babies. Like, I, I'm just going to take this opportunity to bitch at you a little bit. Because it's just... One of the most annoying and obnoxious things about you the last 20 years is that the amount of good teams that you thought just so oh, they suck, they don't win anything, they suck, they suck, the Colts suck, the Steelers suck, well, they suck, they, what have they ever won, they suck. Just because they're not, not everyone's going to win six Super Bowls, okay? You're an outlier. Uh, so it just doesn't work that way. And, and you're about to find that out. And I know the same babies that were telling me the Colts suck or the Chiefs suck or the Steelers suck for only winning once or twice are going to turn around if the Patriots win once in 10 years with like six playoff appearances and going to say, that's a pretty successful run, don't you think? Mm-hmm. The same children. I, I've, I've, I've had to get that off my chest. Thank you. One thing so, I sorry to get for off that, my but chest. Hold on one second. Okay. Rabel was in Tennessee for six years. He went 54 and 45, three playoff seasons, two division titles, went to the AFC title game. If the next Patriots coach in six years has, I think he had four winning seasons. If if if, yeah. if he did, yeah, it's four just the last seasons. two years when he oh, okay. had the QB injury. So I'm sorry, three playoff years. So if the next Patriots head coach is here for six years, has four winning seasons, three playoff appearances, and makes an AFC title game, will you take it? Yes. Mm-hmm. Or do you? Or does he have to have more for you to say it's a success? And I'm, I'm, you know, to me, it's close. Like. It's close. I mean, I wouldn't sit there and say, like, Mike Vrabel knocked it out of the park or anything. No, 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 no. It wasn't resounding, but it was a success. I would just barely put him over the line mm-hmm. and say that's – you'll take it. The last two years hurt. I mean, they won 13 games combined the last two years, six and seven. And, and you know, for all the dumping on Tannehill, like, he – that team turned Tannehill around. Remember when Tannehill first got there? It was like, this guy's trash. And then the first couple of years, it was like – they figured out Ryan Tannehill. They have an actual quarterback. Like, we were given Vrabel and Arthur Smith or whoever there, like, credit for somehow tapping into Ryan Tannehill. And then water, you know, reached its level and 7 and 10, 6 and 11 followed. But, you know, what success, what, what constitutes success for you? During the Brady years, you dumped on anyone that didn't win the Super Bowl every other year. You idiots. Okay? So now you'd like everybody else. You've got to recalibrate what success. Would you take Mike Vrabel's run in Tennessee in New England? Four winning seasons in six years, three playoff appearances, an AFC title game, 54 and 45. Definitely. Yeah, sure. Did they? Did they okay. w- so I'm not definite, but I'm, I'm a yes. Oh, no, I'm, I'm definite. I'll tell you why. How many playoff games have the Patriots won in the last five years again? Well, that would be none. Oh, zero. 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 How many, this How many guy- times have they been to the playoffs? Once. Once. Well, if Vrabel, they got their freaking asses kicked. Okay. In Vrabel's six years, he only won a playoff game in one of those seasons. Okay. But more than here. He did. So I'll take it. Now, again, I don't like the way it ended there. 
Okay, again, 13 wins in two years, not one year, two years. They went 7-10 and 10 last year, 6-11 and 11 this year. Take the math right. Even the year he was the coach of the year, they were the one seed and lost at home in that divisional round to the Bengals. So, so I'm not telling you it was perfect, but what this thing turned into? Oh, please. It, you're going to have to take this in steps. As I said this to you a second ago. You're not going to immediately jump back into the Belichick, Belichick the peak of the Belichick years. It's going to be a process. This is a good first step. More of your thoughts. Long commercial-free segment is next. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. .org. We're back with more Selger and Mads. He said, I'm under contract. I'm going to do what I always do. When he says, I'm under contract, that underscores there ain't going to be no trade. I said that last night. There is not going to be a trade. That's code for pay me or fire me. But I'm not playing your little game where you try to go get, if you don't want me here, I'm not playing along with this effort for you to go get a first-round pick for me. No. You pay me, F you pay me, or F you fire me. You're not going to trade me. I'm not playing that game. And, and I think that they know that. They're smart enough to know that however this thing disengages, it's not going to be pretty. Yeah. Belichick's going to play hardball. That's for sure. He's going to do it the way he deems most necessary to uh, put him in a successful position for, for his next move. I, this is, and this feels inevitable, right? I mean, again, I know you know people. I know people in football. It it certainly seems like there's no way Belichick's back. No way. He's planning his next move as we speak. I don't believe him any anything he's saying as far as I'm doing what I'm always doing, and it's way too early. Yeah, it might be too early to figure out exactly where he's going to be the head coach, but it's not too early to think that he's not going to be the head coach of the New England Patriots. I think that's a foregone conclusion at, the, uh, at this point, right? And um, it, it feels like it's time anyways. That's Florio and Sims on it. And I think Florio has it right. I, I, your thoughts, Greg, that uh, Bill's press conference yesterday was basically that. You know, Florio says, F you, pay me or fire me. It's really both. It's F you, you're paying me. And if I'm going to leave, it's because you fired me. It's not because I got traded or I walked away. Yeah, I had people for weeks they, that were adamant. They were like, elegant solution, trade with Belichick? Hell no. It's either a firing or he's here. And that's basically Bill went on the offensive like we talked about weeks ago. I said Bill's going to come in with a plan. And he did it in his quote-unquote press conference, season-ending press conference, 13 minutes virtually with no follow-up questions. Wonderful. You wrote that most season-ending press conferences with coaches last how long? At least a half an hour. I mean, I've been in some that have been 45 minutes to an hour, and you have the head coach and the GM there, and it's, it's a chance to get ask all the questions about the season 
and also get a start on going forward. Hey, going to be any staffing? No. Stacy, we, we're doing follow-ups now? Like, 13 minutes. 13 minutes. On Zoom. Yep. No follow-ups allowed. So this is <laughs> this is another reason he did the virtual one on Friday. What a puss. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, he set it up. He set it up so that he could do it again on Monday. So his last party. in-person Patriots pre- – well, it was post-game. after the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was post-game. Fitting. But, it, yeah. but, 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 but anyway, he, he did it. There, there, there wasn't tone. You know, he didn't F you. It, there was none of that tone, which is smart by him. He didn't sound confrontational. He didn't. But the the content is that I'm going to show up till you tell me to leave. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to let you off the hook. I'm not going to let you off the hook financially. And I'm not going to let you off the hook in terms of perception. You will have to fire me. You will have to own that, literally and figuratively, as I said all day yesterday. But, you know, I mean, he did it in a crafty way where there wasn't tone. Like, you know, I mean, here's just an example. It was either uh, he's it's either he's staying on his terms continued right or he's leaving on his terms. Those are the two choices. Yeah. And Robert's good. It's and it's on Robert. Mm -hmm. It's not on Bill. Uh, Number 12, Jimmy, the one the the, the new one I had you cut from yesterday. Here's one from yesterday that, again, is a good example of what I'm talking about. Uh, Just a thought on what you're saying is how how much, you know, it's one day after the season, but how much do you want to be here to fix this? And you often talk about your passion for coaching still being there. How much does that all factor into you just, you know, want to get this right here in New England after the year that you guys just had? Yeah, well, Dan, I just opened with that. And I'm going to do everything I can every day uh, to do the best I can to help our football team. That's what I've always done. Uh, it's never been any different for me in my career. I uh, learned that lesson from my dad growing up. Um, you work for the team that you're working for and do the best you can for them. Until somebody tells you different. So that's not going to change. Again, the tone is very mild. He invokes mm-hmm. his father. So nice. As my daddy told Puffy me. Clouds. Learned that from my dad. Here's a tree. My dad. And you show up and you work hard for the team that you work for until they tell you to leave. And you're like, martyr. You freaking martyr. But that's like, but it was crafty, right? It's not. Mm-hmm. He's not being adversarial. He's not being contentious. But he's telling you what the story is. I'm under contract. And I'm showing up until someone tells me to leave. I'm not leaving on my own. I'm not letting Robert off the hook. And that is, you know, those of us who felt that he did that yesterday, I think, I think it's obvious. Very, he, pl- he, very plotted. Yeah. Very he, plotted. And the only thing he left out is that I show up and work for who I'm uh, contracted to work for, unless it's the Jets. <laughs> then, I'm, then, then I'm out and I'm trying to get out of the deal. Uh, yeah. I mean, basically what he was just saying was I have a contract. I'm going to work every single day, and if that changes, it will be because of Robert Kraft. Exactly right. As it should be. Mm -hmm. It should be on Robert. It is on Robert. And, you know, this was the one thing that I I wasn't sure how it would play out. Would would Bill want to be spared the indignity of being fired? You know, maybe he would have. Maybe he he would have been, like, that's something that the Krafts held as leverage over Bill. Bill, you don't want to be fired, do you? So work with us. On your exit, whether it's a trade or offset language or whatever, whatever they're they're looking for, work with us on that. Call it a mutual decision. Call it a mutual parting, so we don't have to fire you because you don't want to be fired either. You you don't want to be fired, and we don't want to fire you. So let's at least work on that. And I I thought there was a path there. You know, I wasn't sure how Bill felt. Turns out, I now believe Bill's like, screw you, fire me. That's on you, pal. You're gonna have to wear that. You fired the greatest coach of all time, and I'm going to go somewhere else and shove it right up your backside, by the way. 
So it's, it's going to look even worse. But no, Robert, I'm not going to let you off the hook. You're going to have to fire me. And I think that that's what yesterday was about. Definitely. I mean, it, you know, I, I think that at, when it gets to the end, a lot of times you want to be fired so you can cash in. Fine, get rid of me. Give me my money so I can get the hell out of here. Okay, after going back over that presser and, and thinking there was one thing that stood out that I just, I got a little nagging thing in the back of my head. I can't quite figure out. I, I, I want to workshop it uh, on the air with you guys. And you can help me with Sounds like fun. Something that I heard yesterday, you got to help me uh, decipher. We'll come back with that, I promise. With your calls, Vrabel out in Tennessee. It feels like the tea leaves are pointing to him coming to New England. How do you feel about all that? I promise we'll take your calls, too. First, the very latest with Murray and the update. There are no commercials. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com. times your money this basketball season? Test your skills on prize picks. The most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash get100 and use code get100. That's code get100 at prizepicks.com slash get100 for a first deposit matchup to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. B-Pod Studios. The Felger Mass Podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Life insurance. What's your excuse for putting it off? Can't afford it? Too much hassle? Think your work coverage is enough? There's a lot of excuses for putting off life insurance, but one big reason why you shouldn't. If the unexpected were to happen to you, who would pay the mortgage, the kid's tuition, and all the other bills? In a time of grief, the last thing you would want is for your family to have to sell the house and struggle to survive financially. At Ethos, we could get you covered in just 10 minutes and boom, family protected. Rates can increase the longer you wait, so no more excuses. Take 10 minutes today and discover the modern way to get the life insurance coverage you need. Ethos, fast and easy online term life insurance. Up to $2 million in coverage with no medical exam. Some policies as low as a dollar a day. Answer a few health questions and get your free quote at ethoslife.com slash audio. That's ethoslife.com slash audio. Uh. To me, the whole thing with the finger under between the legs, antiquated, archaic, and weird. I mean, the whole thing is freaking silly. It's Felger and Maz. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Wondering if you've given any serious thought to relinquishing the personnel maybe some of the draft responsibilities and coaching the team, which you were saying yesterday, is something you still really want to do. Yeah, I'm, look, I'm for whatever, um, you know, collectively we decide as an organization is the best thing to help our football team. And, you know, I have multiple roles in that, and I rely on a lot of people to help me in those uh, in those responsibilities. 
is that somebody's got to have the final say. Uh, I have it. I, I rely on a lot of other people to help, and you know, however that um, yeah, whatever that process is, you know, I'm, I'm only part of it. Okay, hour two with Bedard. This is a moot point. I'm not telling you it's important. In, unless it is, I just need your help with this. But I, I picked up on this, and I'll, I'll just tell you what I'm talking about here. So, again, you, you heard the question answer. That was Bill being asked about relinquishing personnel control. And he says in there at one point, someone's got to have it, and I have it. And then he covered up what he I think yep. he did. Jimmy, just play it in real time, if you could. Just play his answer, you know, right yes. Go ahead. You know, those responsibilities that somebody's got to have the final say. Uh, I have it. I, I rely on a lot of other people. To okay, help stop. Them. Again, do you hear him say it? Mm-hmm. He said, if someone's got to have the final say, I have it. I rely on a lot of other people to help. Like he. It, 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 did I hear that right? I you know, those responsibilities that somebody's got to have the final say. Uh, I have it. I, okay. If someone's got to have. He sold it down. If someone's got to have final say, I have it. I rely. Uh, I have it. I have it. I rely on a lot of other people to help. I heard it that way. I looked at the transcript when it came out, and I was reading it, and it's not on there. They didn't put it in the transcript. Oh, I have it. Okay, so I, I, so I kept hearing this, and then oh, I, I have it. And then I went to the transcript, and they took it out of the transcript. If somebody's got to have final say, I rely on a lot of other people to help. That's what the transcript says. Where in reality, he says, you just heard it. You know, those responsibilities, if somebody's got to have the final say, uh, I have it. I, I rely on a lot of other people to help. Okay, and so, so he, he says, I have it. Mm-hmm. So you want me to be the wet blanket? Go ahead. Uh, I have it. I think, he sa- I think he started to say, I have a lot of people, because he says, I have a lot. I don't think it's, I have it. I have it. That's the way I heard. I have it. I have. Oh, I have it. I have, I have it. it. It sounds like I have it. Play I have it. Oh, I have it. I have it. What comes after that? Because he tries to cover it up. He this is my point. Right, but he says lot. Oh, I have it. I, I rely on a lot of other people. To I have help. a lot of. No, he says no, he I rely. Like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I, I'm I just rely telling. On a lot of other people to help. I think it's I have a lot of. He starts to say a lot of and then stops. But that, I'm just giving you my two cents. I'm not telling you I'm right. Well, this Jimmy, is what I asked. Play it, and play it again. I wanted you to crack the case for me. Oh, I have a Play it in real speed. Oh, I have. <laughs> I don't. Those responsibilities. If somebody's got to have the final say, oh, I have it. I, I rely on a lot of other people to help. And... He catches himself. I have it. I, I. I. Yeah. I mean, I think he said, if someone's got to have final say, I have. It. I, I. I mean, I have a lot of people yeah. that I rely mm-hmm. on. Like that's how I. Yeah, he puts on the verbal breaks. Yeah, I think he put on the verbal breaks, and they hooked him up here in the transcript by taking it out. He probably asked him to take it out. He took it out. Why? Okay, presuming that my things that uh, that I'm right and you're you're wrong. Yeah, yeah, because he doesn't want to make it uh, sound like he's digging in, and I get the power contractually. I have the power, and they can't do this to me. So I think yesterday when he said that again, paraphrasing that he was amenable to discuss his personnel control, and I'm willing to be collaborative. I think he was just being sure to to set the tone that I'm acting in good faith. You know, that, hey, you know, because a lot of people thought that if Kraft went to Belichick and said, I'm hiring a GM to handle personnel, that Bill would quit. And I think Bill wanted to make clear yesterday, I'm not quitting. 
If you think there's something that's best for the team, I'm willing to talk about it and do what's best for the team. And so he just wanted to strike that tone as I'm acting in good faith and you're not going to get me to walk away. And so if he said someone's got to someone's got to have control and I have it, does that go counter to that? Or does he not want to if, if if he admits to that, then, oh, then what's all this bull crap about you blaming Robert Kraft for Mac Jones? Like, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's 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 somewhere in there. And I look forward to a day when we're done with all this crap. But with Bill, you just never know. No, well, you mean, gotta you gotta micro you know you micro analyze every word. You have to. And ju- I'm sorry, Greg. I didn't mean to no, cut no, you no, off. No, it's fine. But but just the other part of that comment that bugs me because I've heard people say, "Well, Bill makes it clear that he'll uh, he'll cooperate and he'll give up the GM duties." No, he didn't. To make it clear, but I think he set the tone. His tone was that I would. Yeah, I I mean, again, I know the tone was, but the words weren't. Right. I don't believe him. I don't believe him either. I, I I don't believe he'd work well with another GM. I don't think he'd cooperate. But I think yesterday, and 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 he didn't say you're right. He didn't say that he would. But the whole tone was, yes, I'm willing to do what's best for the team because I think he wanted to present himself as acting in good faith. Greg, your thoughts? I, I think you, the good faith point is is really good, and I think that's the thing. I think it's also just a continuation of Bill. Bill doesn't want to take the blame for anything. He just gives like lip service. Oh, we're all to blame. You know, we all we all own in this and stuff like that. It's like bull crap. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to put it on the table. Like you know, the Mac Jones discussion was it you. Oh, we all had a say. Like you're you have final say. Like it's on you. Just go out there and just admit it. You know, instead, you know, you make a comment to Shaughnessy before last season. If it doesn't work, blame me. So my guess is... At the end of the season, he doesn't say anything about it. Why did he put the brakes on that one? If someone's got to have final say, I haven't... I mean, I rely on a lot of other people. The reason he put the brakes on is because then we can pin Mac Jones on him. And he doesn't want to be pinned with Mac Jones. That that would be my leader in the clubhouse. But anyway, well, I'm glad we cleared that up. Or not. In other words, or, or uh, meanwhile... Mike Vrabel has been fired in Tennessee. Fired. There will be no trade for Mike Vrabel, but he is now available to you at no compensation, and Tennessee's paying his salary for two years. <laughs> Feels like a sweet spot for the Patriots organization. I mean, now you can pay Belichick and not have to worry about it in the short term. Given the fact they're playing Belichick, they will. Pro- that's probably a, a big consideration for them, that our coaching salary is still going to be a wash. <laughs> where you know like neat like we should all get excited that they've saved themselves some money but be that as it may internally that's a consideration for him and so that seems to line up if you're watching on the simulcast on nbc sports boston you may have missed the update from big jim murray uh jim what did you just report who is the reporter and what did you have for us of course you're throwing to this to me and i don't have it in front of me hold I'm on sorry. It was- cam marino yeah, Cam Marino. Didn't you re- oh, yeah, Jimmy Stewart retweeted it. Cam Marino, who says he's an, a national NFL analyst, formerly. Hold on. Don't diminish it. He, he's an NFL analyst. I've never, ever heard of him. Doesn't him. matter. Yeah, I mean, likely fake, Stop but it. whatever. Would you please uh, tap in? Likely a brown check mark. <laughs> you guys are like, did you understand? Go ahead. Tapped in with a source, says Cam Marino. Good enough for us. Yep. Just now following Mike Vrabel's firing in Tennessee. Cam Marino says the expectation is that he will be the lead candidate for the New England job, operating under the assumption that that job is open. Bill Belichick will not be returning to coach the Patriots. Cam Marino also told that the Atlanta Falcons are planning a heavy pursuit for Belichick. That is who they want, their lead target at this point. His bio, by the way, says national NFL analyst formerly at USA Today. Perfect. You have 5,000 followers. I'm going to dump on a guy with a scoop. 
I'm rooting for him. I root for anyone with the scoop. You know, it, it, even uh, let's just give credit where credit was due. The first one to really pump up Vrabel to New England was uh, Volan. I know most you hate him and want to dump on him, present company included. But let's uh, give credit where credit is due. He was on to something there. Greg, your thoughts? You gave Felger a dirty look at that. You want and, to respond verbally? <laughs> no. Camarino's bio also says, uh, Cam, I live in Taunton. <laughs> this, is not, <laughs> this is not Cam and Taunton. Who pointed out that Vrabel and Rand Carthon maybe, you know, didn't get along that well at the end of November? Volan? Oh, Volan. Mm-hmm. No, who was that? That would be Greg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought it was Volan. I thought it was Volan, too. I no, wanted it, it writing, Greg, where is it? Back to your calls. Here's Will in California. Go ahead, Will. I like Volan. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? Good. What do you got? So right now you look around the league and frankly, I think that Belichick stays. It'll be a mix of Belichick or Vrabel or McDaniels. But when you look around the league right now, the best teams are led by young coaches. Obviously you have exceptions. Wanted to get your thoughts on one guy in particular that has not been named at all. His name is Liam Cohen and he has Massachusetts roots, went to UMass high school in Rhode Island, uh, coached at Brown, Rhode Island, UMass. And he's under the Sean McVay coaching tree. Where is he right now? What does he do right now? Offensive right now, he's at the University of Kentucky. He's an offensive coordinator. The OC at Kentucky. Liam Cohen. Liam Cohen. Cohen. <laughs> nice Jewish boy from Boston. <laughs> Who is that? Never heard of that guy. I would entertain him as offensive coordinator. Me too. I mean, I, and again, I don't mean to dump on him or whatever. Quarterbacks but... coach and then develop him? Sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. again, offensive coordinator in 2022 for the Rams. Okay, fine with me. Like, that's sort of what I want. I, I, I'm a little concerned that he hasn't stayed in the NFL. I mean, that, and that doesn't mean he, he's not worthy or something, but I would prefer to have that guy have been under McVay's wing here for the last five years versus going to Kentucky. When, when did he go to Kentucky? Uh, he went there just this year. Okay. Yeah. So one year at Kentucky. That's, I, a, that's a weird path. Go ahead. Can I tell you what's starting to bother me about the, all this like speculation is the McDaniel element to it. Why do they want, why do people want Josh McDaniels back? And if the Patriots are among them, why do they want Josh McDaniels back? Because someone else is paying him? And because he, hold on. It checks a box. Okay. And because also he had a good year with Mac Jones in 2010 or 2021 or whatever it was. It doesn't matter. I don't know why that came out in 2010. But here's my point. If they want McDaniels back, am I wrong to think that they want to keep Mac Jones and they still want to go at it with Mac Jones? Greg, is that you, the idea? What do you think? So would they have Josh McDaniels back, or would? Well, I mean, we don't know who the head. But say, are we saying under Belichick? Is that what we're talking about? Uh, I'm or saying just in even, general. In general, well, even well, under Vrabel. look, he's here. He has a track record of success in New England. I don't think it's not. Would he be open to keeping Mac in some capacity? Yeah, but that doesn't mean that that he would. Why would the Crafts want McDaniel's back? That's what because Matt they can asking. trust him. That's the answer. Robert um, Kraft, Jonathan Kraft have a good level of trust with Josh McDaniel's being in the Patriots organization. When hasn't that's he been good answer. here? Okay, no, that's true. But I'm worried about the Mac Jones element. Like, if the idea is that they want to bring him back so that he can tap into Mac Jones because it worked when they were together in 2021. So our best way to get back into Mac Jones or to figure out Mac Jones is to have McDaniels do it. I don't like That's it. not it. That's not it. I mean, could that be a side benefit to having Josh McDaniels that you, all right, keep Mac Jones for the final year of his rookie contract. He rehabilitates him to some point where he's a, a commodity, maybe. But no, I think everybody involved with the Patriots knows they need to do something different at quarterback and have the third overall pick. I hope so. So, but I'm I'm with Maz. You're right to fear. Are we about to see a, another series of half measures? Well, Vrabel's being paid by somebody else, and the Crafts trust him, so he's in. McDaniel's is 
being paid by somebody else, and the Crafts know him and trust him, so he's in. Mac Jones is only making $2.3 million next year, really affordable contract for a starter or a backup. He's already under contract, and it's a good deal. So why throw away a distress? You don't move on from a distressed asset. You buy low, sell high, that sort of thing. So we bring back McDaniels, who's free, to rehab Jones, who's affordable, and Vrabel's a head coach who's being paid by somebody. Like, is it just another series of half measures? You're right to think about that. Yeah, I don't want I don't want um, uh, uh, Mac Jones back as quarterback. And if McDaniels is, in their minds, any way to help facilitate that, then I don't want McDaniels either. Ten questions with the big boy right after these words. So why throw away a distress? You don't move on from a distressed asset. asset. You. I had stage three ovarian cancer. I knew I was going to go to Dana-Farber Brigham Cancer Center. That's the thing that's so incredible is all they do is cancer. They're going to be on the cutting edge of therapies. They're going to have things available to you. And they're going to be rock stars throughout the journey because they've seen it all. For an appointment in Boston, Foxborough, Milford, or South Shore, contact DanaFarberBrigham.org. Dana-Farber Brigham Cancer Center. We specialize in cancer and you. Mike. Michael Felger. Real good talk on grass earlier there, buddy. Don't be afraid to do that on your own time. Tony Maserati. I don't remember Brady squeezing anybody's great. Felger and Maz on the Sports Hub. You want the answer? You've got to ask the question. Do you have an opinion based on if you had to go with your gut, what, which way it would go? Uh, Sometimes you have to ask it over and over and over again. Why, 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 why? This is 10 Questions with Greg Bedard and Felger and Mass on 98.5, the Sports Hub. All right, 10 questions, eight minutes. So I'm late, so we got to be super quick. Jimmy, give us our buzzer options, please. Yes. <laughs> that would be Jim Montgomery on the goalie platoon in the playoffs. Next. Oh, shove it up your ass, Alex Barth. <laughs> I, I love you, Alex. I really do. I don't know what, why I said that. Go ahead. The enemy's a good one. Yeah, I would do him a heartbeat. Yeah, you bet. Uh, as, as coach. <laughs> Next. I promised your call, so let's just bang a couple here. Okay. In a related story. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Those are all related. Keep going. Last one. We continue with your thoughts here uh, on a reentry Monday. Uh, uh, it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Wednesday oh, my God. Yeah. It's <laughs> off by two days. Hit it. Oh, shove it up your ass, Alex Barth. Number 10. Who should? Number 10, league MVP. Lamar Jackson. Christian McCaffrey. Lamar Jackson. Next. <laughs> no debate. Yes. What player is the biggest failure in the league this year? Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's just bringing that franchise down, let alone what's happened in the past week with Jimmy Kimmel and all that stuff. Jalen Hurts. That team has gone completely belly up. They're still going to the playoffs. The answer is Mac Jones. Benched four times, 2-9 as a starter. How many pick sixes? A complete disaster. His career as a starter is likely over. That's a good one. Next. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Number eight. Number eight. What was your favorite team to watch or root for? Like, who is your favorite team in the league this year? Just to watch the Dolphins, you know, because of their offense and Tyreek Hill. And and I like McDaniel isn't afraid to, you know, go for it and and just leave it out there. I I just had fun watching them. I had like three of them, but none of them were in New England. I went with the Niners. I think the Niners play well on both sides of the ball. They're good to watch. Detroit Lions, whenever they happen to be on primetime, entertaining product, win or lose, or job by the dirtbag refs. <laughs> Next. The enemy's a good one. Yeah, I would do him a heartbeat. Uh, as, as coach, who was the biggest <laughs> failure this year? Team. What team was the biggest failure? 
I thought it was the Seahawks. I thought they had a chance to really do some things. You know, Geno Smith played really well last year. None of it worked on offense. The defense went downhill. They they should definitely be in the playoffs and should have been a factor this year. Chargers or the Jags, but one of those two teams, 5 of 12 for the Chargers. That's pathetic. With that quarterback and that team, the freaking coach got fired, and Jacksonville crapped his pants down the stretch. The answer is the Jaguars, 8 and 3, the one seed in the AFC to out of the playoffs, frauds, and the quarterback also sucks. The answer is you. The answer is the Patriots. They've stunk for a while, though. I've picked them 7 and 10. The three thir- games less. The third worst record in the league? The third pick? It was on the table. The Jags miss the playoffs by a game. Who, who else did you even mention? Seahawks was there. Chargers. Seahawks, Seahawks miss the playoffs by a game. The Chargers are up there. I'm not going to argue about the Chargers. But the Seahawks and, the uh, and again, I've already forgotten the other team you just mentioned. They were right there. You have the third pick in the draft. Come on. It's you. You're the biggest failure in the league. Next. We continue with your thoughts here uh, on a reentry Monday. Uh, oh, it's Wednesday. Well, it's Wednesday. Wednesday oh, my God. Six. Do you like the state of the league at this point in time? No, not with, you know, the quarterbacks getting hurt. Injuries seem to be, you know, even more and more of a factor. The officiating, there there was something every week. No, I don't, I, I don't like it. I got no problem with it. I like it. I like defense. To me, the league was good. Never been worse. Scoring down, penalties up, every other quarterback hurt. Too much parity. Nobody's really dominant. And you want me to pay extra for a playoff game on Saturday night? Go F yourselves. Well, the streaming. <laughs> Mr. Peacock. Streaming thing, right. I'm with you. We're all getting peacocked this weekend. But, uh, no, I like it. I like the, you know, I, I don't know who's going to win. This teams I like, but I like that whole thing. And I think most games are competitive. And I don't know. I like it. Uh, and I'm with Maz. I'm okay with the scoring coming down. I think that, that was actually a needed correction across the league. Next. Yes. Biggest tool bag in the league in 2023. Brandon Staley. I mean, he was just awful at his job. Went for it on fourth down all the time. Started giving, uh, you know, getting into it with the media in his press conferences. Like, you know, go back to being a a coordinator for the rest of your year. I second the motion, Brandon Staley. Uh, I have a tie. That's shady referee Brad Allen and Patriot special teamer Brendan Schooler. Oh. <laughs> did you see him again on Sunday? Oh, yes. yeah. Sure oh, yeah. did. Yeah, I had to be separated. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Multiple times. Oh, God, this guy. Get him out of my face. Uh, how is Aaron Rodgers not on this list? What do you think Bill's going to trade for him for uh, when it gets to his new spot for Brandon Staley? Fourth round pick? You mean Brendan Schooler. Schooler. Yeah. Whatever. No, I mean, whatever it takes. Yeah. <laughs> whatever it takes to get that guy. You got to have that guy. How is Aaron Rodgers not like you get into a beef with a guy and you haul off by calling him a pedophile? Mm-hmm. Like that just shows you what kind of turbo asshat that guy. Did is. you hear Seriously. his press conference yesterday where he said that he was asked what the Jets need to do for next year, and he said, "Get the BS out of the, yeah. out of the room. Just be about everything's got to be about winning." This the guy is, who goes on Pat McAfee every week. This is a bad guy. Next, oh, shove it up your ass, Alex Barth. And I love you, Alex. I do. Number four, who's the best coach in the National Football League, Greg? Kyle Shanahan. Now, we'll see if he can win the big one, has the stones to do that. But in terms of uh, what you need to do to get a team uh, to be successful in the regular season, build it, how to build it, he's the best. Sean McVay, watch out for the Rams. I've been telling you this for weeks ever since the loss in Baltimore. 7-1 and one in their last state, and their only loss was in overtime, 37-31 at Baltimore in the game of that guy took the punt back in overtime. 
Watch out for the Rams. I'm with Maz on this, McVay, because myself, uh, and I think most people, thought that this team was going to suck this year. They're in the playoffs. They're probably going to beat Detroit this weekend. And name a Ram, not name Matt Stafford. The two wide receivers are Aaron Donald. It's all a bunch of, like, young nobodies. It's crazy. Sean McVay has validated uh, his standing uh, on top of the league, I think. And I, I just, I look at that uh, Puka Nakua. Do I, mm-hmm. Yeah, Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua. It's like... There was a time that was a perfect Patriot. Like, why is that that guy not a Patriot? You know, he's a fifth-round pick, something like that. Didn't they work him out here? He doesn't have the measurables, I'm sure, of other receivers, size, speed, vertical, like, all that stuff. Uh, but he's like, like, that's just like, at one point in time, was a, a, a guy you just feasted on. Puka Nakua. Fifth-round pick. Like, no-brainer. Like, why? how is, you know, you, you, you stop landing those guys. Got to get the kicker in the punter. He, he'd have been a good Patriot. That's oh. true. Yeah. Oh, my. He, he, he would have worked great with Brady. Like, just he's that kind of guy. Anyway, next. The enemy's a good one. Yeah, I would do him a heartbeat. Uh, as, as coach. Right. You know what I mean? Number three, if this were British soccer and you could relegate two franchises, I ask this all the time. Who gets relegated this year? Carolina and Atlanta. Nobody cares about those teams. I, I came up with four. I'd like to... <laughs> I had Carolina and Atlanta, but I would like to add Arizona and Jacksonville. Those two gone. We're going to give a proper regulation. There's Carolina Panthers and the Jets of New York. Sick of watching them wankers. So I would say <laughs> pretty much the entire AFC and NFC South. Yep. Yeah, right. The South Division's blow. The South Division's, no one cares about you, <laughs> even your people. Like, no, it's... No, They're college it, football areas. Ir- That's what they care about. Irrelevant. You know, superfluous franchises, and both divisions can go. Wipe them out, as far as I'm concerned. Next. Yes. Where's the best landing spot for Jim Harbaugh? Raiders. He's been there before. Mark Davis loves him. He'll get full power. He's been there before? Well, he was an assistant coach there. Oh, I never even realized that. Mm -hmm. A long time under Gruden? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Either way. Chicago. You know, one of the myths about Harbaugh is that he's like some sort of offensive genius. He's not. His teams are defensive. They run the ball, but they're physical. They're tough. Michigan's a running team. Mm-hmm. They're not. A, they're, in San Francisco, when he was there, was a running team and a physical defense. He will reinvent the Bears. It's perfect. I'm with Mass. Bears was a quarterback there, so there's ties. Stays in the Midwest. Good young core. They have a 1,000 draft picks. Good spot for him. Last one. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Thoughts on Michael Penix last night? Michael Penix in general. Woof. That was rough last night. But I also do think it it shows you the comparison, how he looked the week before when he wasn't getting that much pressure and what happened when he was under assault in this game. Uh, I thought he looked scared. He reminded me of some of Mac Jones uh, backpedaling and throwing off and just guessing. It was pretty scary. And okay. so he, he's definitely out of consideration. Maz and Murray, hold your thoughts. Because this was our guy just as as soon as, as you know, as a early week ago. as six days ago, <laughs> this was our guy. How do we feel about him now? We'll get to that after Big Jim Murray gives you the very latest rumors on Mike Vrabel and the New England Patriots. And we'll take your calls as well, so don't go anywhere. Shopify helps businesses break sales records over the holidays with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Ready or not, it's more Felger and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Pump fake that direction and now just has to lob it up and it's 
Intercepted. Picked off. Rodgers tried to break it up. Will Johnson scooped it off the turf. The first turnover of the night. Penix slow to get up and hobbling off. He was hit by Mason Graham. Yeah, Mason Graham does a heck of a job of just the force, the push into Michael Penix. Again, they're not blitzing. This is four guys. Look at Mason Graham pushing right back into the quarterback. Ball goes up into the air. He tries to throw it away. One of two interceptions from Michael Penix last night in that national championship game just a week ago. This program had a collective Penix in their pants. Yep, raging Penix. Safe to say there was some shrinkage last night. Uh, Maz, Murray, your thoughts? Murray, go. It wasn't even so much the picks that had me aghast last night. It was the how many times he overthrew guys that were wide open or throwing it in the dirt in front of guys. So, uh, yeah, needless to say, uh, I am out. I would like to rescind last week's gushing about Michael Penix. Um that's a guy who's got to get a GM fired, so no thanks. That That's the least, I'm sorry. No, that's no surprise. The most predictable take in the history of the program. Yeah, that is a room temperature take right there I is mean, what that is. <laughs> if you'd like so, to add to it, I hate J.J. McCarthy too. So Oh, he blows. So I don't see the allure of J.J. Me McCarthy. Neither. I, I don't, like, I, I didn't watch a ton of it, obviously. He's been projected, like, late first round. I wouldn't take him to the fourth. Based on what? Oh, he blows. He's a college quarterback. Oh, please. No thanks. And with the breathing and the visualization stuff and the therapist on the sideline. And, oh, there's the cameras. Oh, what, guys, hold on. Let me do my meditations. Get out. If you're going to do that, you're Mac Jones all over again. So no thanks. I mean, I would take him in the middle rounds, like as a flyer. Sure. Fine. McCarthy reminded me a little bit of Kirk Cousins. I don't know why. Like a little smaller, good athlete, you know, throws well in the run, pretty good arm. I don't know. I Cousins think there's something there. Much more of a passer than the McCarthy kid. Much more. Okay. Is he even a pure passer? No. No. He's, uh, a, he's, thing, a, he's a run around college guy, kind of. The one thing I'll give him is I think he's tough. Yeah, fine. Like, he's tough. He'll put his head down and get an extra couple of yards. I don't know what that does for the, you. The whole Michigan the team's tough. It's a yeah. tough team. Yeah, they are. They're tough. On Penix, I'm in. But I'm not taking him at number three. I'll tell you that. Yeah, that might be off the board. I, I would trade down and take a tackle, like go from three to six and 15. So, I mean, there, there's there, there's just two I'm ways to. I'm not taking him in the first round. At all? Nope. Were you last week? Uh, Yep. Really? So one game does that? I mean, it gets good defense. Uh, and, I mean, Jim Harbaugh, John, which one is it? It's Jim. He does things like the pro way. Like, he game plans. Like, I think the, a big reason why they won last night is he game planned it like an NFL game. I thought they had they had different approaches at different points in the game. I thought the defense really understood what Washington wanted to do and take it away. And that happens every week in the NFL. And just to see him, you know, and I know he got hurt at some point, but his injury history – you know, once he starts getting beat up a little bit, like he looked like Mac Jones at certain points in the season, like, uh, I, do, I don't know. I, I would hate to extrapolate that. There's going to be days. Second round, I'd be fine. There's going to be days where a good young quarterback gets. For sure. Gets, Brady, it happened to Brady. Gets hit in the honker and gets all messed up by a good defensive scheme and a good defense. And he, and he's made to, he's, he's humbled. And so. Like, I'm not going to draft a kid because he had a bad game against a great defense that had a good day. I, I think, you know, like, I mean, I love Murray, but I I, I just, it's just ridiculous. How, uh, how do you, I'm so just, you'll take him in the first round, though. You're comfortable with him? Yeah. Okay. I am. I mean, number three feels overdrafted, and I'm not basing that on last night. Like, I, 
like I would rather handicap a guy, meaning, I'm sorry, evaluate a guy is what I'm meaning to say, based on his ceiling and go from there. So the week before, I see what he's capable of. Okay, now he plays a great defense that had a good night and had the answer against him and got to him early, and he he fell apart. All right, well, so there's your floor, there's your ceiling. I'd, I'd draft a guy on what the ceiling is and do what I can to get him there and be patient. I mean, every quarterback needs to be protected. It happened to Pat Mahomes in the Super Bowl, for crying out loud. And so, like, I, I, I'm a guy that, you know, you, you don't play him as a rookie. You, you, work on, you work on his shortcomings. You're patient with him. You coach him up. You get into him. You invest in him. I mean, again, I've been telling you this for years with Jordan Love, and here we are. Like, And so that's what I would do. I would not hold that game against him. I mean, against him, against him. Right. You know, I got to factor it in, but I just... The way Murray, you operate, you'll you'll never draft anyone. You'll never take anyone on your team. No, I'll take him. I'll learn to hate him quick, or like you know, <laughs> just perform for me. Don't suck. That's all. I'll take him. You have to take quarterbacks. They're gonna suck. They're gonna suck. They, you you they, can't suck like that, though. Sure, you can. Why not? Brady threw four interceptions in his fifth start in Denver, or whenever that was. I can't remember. Whatever that was, he, his, his second start in Miami, he was as bad as any quarterback Patriots quarterback to play in Miami at that time he was just like Bledsoe I think he had like 89 yards in that game or something I think it was his second start in Miami was a disaster and then at some point they went to Denver he threw four picks maybe that was the next year I don't know he had those days early on and I'm just so it's like you're gonna have those days uh but the final test in college biggest stage national championship game after the game you just had prior the week prior I'm sorry you look like that uh, no thanks I'm up I told you, I would still take him up, but I'm not. I, I would have considered taking him at three before last night. And then I thought, okay, well, he ended well, the, up. The, the only thing is, I wouldn't take him at three because you don't have to take him at three. Mm-hmm. You know, so, like, if he had if he had duplicated last night, and now the market, you know, he, he gets overheated, and teams are like, okay, now we got to take this kid. And then you have to take him three. That's what I would have done. But, you know. I'm not taking him at three because I don't think he's worth a third pick. I'm not taking him at three because no one else will take him at three. You see what I'm saying? Sure, of course. I'm not holding last night against him. I mean, I'm factoring it in. But if you do that, I mean, like, come on. What are we talking about here? Yeah, I think unless quarterbacks go one, two. Right now, if I'm them, I'm not taking a quarterback because I'm presuming that it's going to be Caleb Williams and Drake May. And so one way or the other, whether the Bears trade the pick or whatever, like, I, I think that, to me, that's how it's going to go down. And so, if I'm the Patriots, I would try to trade back a little, take a tackle, and then see if you can get a quarterback later in the May, first. Maybe bottom of the first, trade in the bottom of the first for the five years of control, but that's that's my limit. I mean, as far as last night, the reason it bothers me so much, because, you know, I take a page out of how Belichick evaluates these things. Like, he wouldn't watch Penix against Texas, because he probably doesn't have a whole lot of respect for their Defensive, you know, he would watch him against Alabama. He would watch him against Harbaugh and compare it to the NFL. This is, and my thing was, is just he was consistently awful throughout the game. It wasn't a few throws here and there. He didn't have any, he didn't, uh, that I saw, and I didn't watch the entire game because I was watching the Bruins, but he didn't have any stretches of brilliance that I expected to see after Texas. I think Texas was, he was just wasn't under pressure that much. And so anybody could play quarterback like that. Show me difficult circumstances and show me how you stand up there. That separates, you know, the so-so from the from the really good. That throw that he missed on fourth down 
Oh my God! Come that on. one right there, I went. Ooh, come on, man! Like so, was is it Azuna? What's the, the receiver's name? Yeah, I think he may have looked over the wrong shoulder. That's when you just pop up in the air and make sure you get it because it's that wide open, and don't try and you that know. That was the, just lay it out there, lay it in there. I, I saw that and I was like, oh my God! It's like the Brady and Welker play all over again. You know where similar the, the quarterback, yeah, because Brady and I talked to Brady about this. Brady did not want to throw him into the safety. He thought the safety was a factor. Are and you so still he, saying that that's Brady's fault, that that, that drop was Brady's fault? Uh, I mean, they both share into it, but yeah, I would say a majority of it is on Brady. That's why you got a big dump in your pants. <laughs> what? How do you compare the two? That was right in Welker's hands. He's got to catch that. It's not as big a dump as it used to be. The thing, we could spend a whole show on that. The thing last night was five yards over his head. The thing in Welker was right here. That was he had to spin around a so a, a short armed five foot five wide receiver that went was, from going straight ahead. If Brady just would have put it on him, it would have been a catch. Brady had to throw it on back shoulder. So all of a sudden, Wes Welker, who never made these type of catches, because I well, looked at all him. his catches that's that year, had to spin at full speed and catch it behind him that when he has three foot arms. Eighty five percent on Welker. Catch the ball. It's the 60, NFL. It was right in your hands. Sixty percent on Brady. Big giant dump in your pants. Hundred percent on Welker. Okay, you know, shocker 80, that you would. 80, say yeah, that. Jim's not even. Yeah. Yep. It, <laughs> you know, Jim was out on Brady after that Dolphins game we were talking about, and the Broncos game. Out sucks. Out. That throw. Put Bledsoe back in. That throw. No, I hated him. <laughs> important throw in Patriots history. I cannot throw the ball and catch the ball. It was a drop. Plain and simple. But that's a, really a story for another day. Uh, and that day was like 10 years ago. <laughs> Final thoughts with Bedard in our long commercial free segment next station. This is how Boston sports fans drive home. Oh, my God, please. Well, listen, yelling at each other. Those people have to squat and help. Felger and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. How does Rabel's firing impact Belichick's future? Gary, I don't think it directly impacts it because I think that the, the decision that the Patriots have to make on Bill Belichick is is independent of anything else, right? He's okay. been there 24 years, had unprecedented success, and I think if they decide to move on from Bill Belichick, it's not going to be because of who the other candidates are out there that could replace them. I have no doubt that if they are of the mind to move on from Bill Belichick, that Mike Vrabel will be a consideration. Uh, he's a, he was inducted earlier this season into the Patriots Hall of Fame, beloved former player there, and obviously extremely well-respected uh, as a head coach due to the success he's had in Tennessee. But I think the Belichick decision is going to happen one way or the other, uh, independent of other factors. It's just a matter of when and what form it takes. All right, Dan Graziano uh, with a statement that I that I agree with just from my seat on my couch. I think Bill's done either way. Uh, and it's not a Bill out, Vrabel in. And if we don't get Vrabel, well, we're going to reconsider Bill. I think Bill's gone either way. Uh, but maybe it is. Maybe the reason it's so definitively done for Bill is that they know they're getting Vrabel. I mean, it feels like it could be certainly an inside job. And so I'm not saying it's unrelated, but it should be. Bill should be done either way. But before we let Greg go, just reset your thoughts on Mike Vrabel to the Patriots. You think this is an ideal hire for the Crafts? Yeah, I think it's perfect. I think, you know, for the Crafts, and that's all that really matters. It doesn't matter what I think or Mike thinks. It matters what the Crafts think. And I think they are looking for comfort, somebody that they can trust, somebody who knows what it's like to be a Patriot. It sort of continues the lineage of the championship uh, Patriots, bringing back a former Super Bowl winning player. I think that, he, you know, they are looking to 
get their franchise back to put a new face on it. I think Vrabel's the per- per- perfect person to do it, even though I will say his press conferences will be very prickly. He's a ball buster. I'm sure you know you can, you can speak to it. Um, he can be abrasive at times. Some but players don't love him. Well, let me just tell you, like from the media standpoint, he's fun abrasive. He's more yeah. Parcells than mm-hmm. Belichick. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think he will be open to – they are looking to, as far as personnel, more collaboration. I think he will be open. He really just sort of wants the coach. And, he, you know, he wants alignment with the front office. I think that's where the problems ran in Tennessee and why he's not there anymore. And, you know, so they can move forward on personnel. He – offense – as long as they get an offensive coordinator who they think will be here for a while, uh, whether it's Bill O'Brien staying on, Arthur Smith, Josh McDaniels, uh, that sort of thing, I think it 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 it's the best case scenario. Plus, his system works with these players, the, the the players that are here, and you can't change out the whole roster. It basically continues very similar, maybe a little bit more user friendly for the players themselves to to uh, to be in this system going forward. So, to me, as far as the, the best chance for the Patriots to be good next year, which they need to be if Bill goes someplace else, and I think he will uh, end up in Atlanta, then the Patriots have to win. They can't go with an unknown. They have to go with a more known, and I think Mike Vrabel is one of the best coaches in the National Football League. Okay, I agree with uh, all that. Uh, I agree he's one of the better coaches. I put him in my top five, usually. Uh, but the one thing that I, th- I find interesting, and I don't know if I totally love, is this the Kraft's desire... Uh, I'm just laughing because we, we have all this Vrabel, you know, those of us who've been covering the team for a long time. Uh, we know Mike when he was a player and he did a lot of stuff with us that at the time was Comcast Sportsnet or was that? Yeah. CSN <laughs> yeah, Comcast. Comcast Sportsnet. So we used to do a weekly thing. Maybe I had bad that breath. you in the le- leather helmet? Uh, no, that was okay. Tangway. Okay. That was Tangway. That's Tangway <laughs> that he's beating up. <laughs> and Vrabel is a hot, hot bleep. You, you know, you would say he's just a ball buster, fun guy. Uh, all of that, uh, so, like, from that perspective, he'll be great for the media. Like, he'll be a great guy to cover. But who cares about that? Right. Like, that, like no one should really care about that. Or that the old-timers like us know him. Big deal. Uh, it's about what's best for the team. I don't love that he's not – like, I want – I've been said a million times, an offensive guy, quarterback whisperer. You should be drafting a quarterback. He should be closely aligned with your next head coach with a new offensive vision, with a whole new scheme that is has a good touch with the quarterback. And that's what the thing should be. So, Rabel does not check all of my boxes. But apparently a box that he checks for the crafts is that he's familiar to them, he's within the family, and he continues in some way the program. Where I think a lot of fans want them to be done with it. Like, it's over. Like, give that up. Start fresh with a whole new set of bodies, a whole new set of ideas, a whole new philosophy, and close close that chapter and begin a new one. And Vrabel isn't quite doing that. And so, you know, that's one that I just sort of stick with. The Crafts want some familiarity, and they want a continuation of the thing, and I don't know if I totally am into that either. Yeah, but I just think Vrabel's sort of a small step. Um, you know, you, he, he's not just going to be Bill Jr. Like, he never was as a, as a player. Uh, he's his own guy. He's always been his own guy. He was in Houston. He was at Ohio State. Uh, he's talked about in interviews – about uh, the influence when he was in Pittsburgh and the coach that he had there, Bill O'Brien. He's had all these influences. So it's well, let it's me just similar say, to Belichick, but it's this, his own distinct flavor. I've never considered him a part of the Belichick coaching tree. Right. So, And I'd be interested to see how he would honestly 
answer that question, but I never gave Bill credit for Vrabel because Vrabel never coached with Bill. He played under him, which is different than being, you know, one of, and he was never a bootlicker as a player. He busted Bill's balls. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, like, you know, again, Bill would always, you know, you know this by now out there, just waxing poetic about the 80s Giants and Lawrence Taylor and Harry Carson and blah, 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 blah. And uh, Vrabel used to bust his balls about that all the time. Like, uh, God, I can't remember, like, some of the stuff. Like, I think Vrabel brought an old Giants helmet out to practice even one day and sort of, like, made Bill wear it or wore it himself or something. Like, he sort of busted Bill's chops on that. So, Vrabel's not a member of the Belichick coaching tree. That 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 I like. Uh, he played for him, didn't coach for him. But from the craft perspective, they want trusted people and, like, their people. And they're afraid to start over with someone new, even though they may not be the best candidate. They're familiar to them. Like, come on. You got to put your balls on the table, too, Robert, Jonathan. You got to do what's best for the team. And if you don't have someone that you're totally familiar with, well, you've got to throw you out of the nest, too, then. You know, like that sort of thing. And well, I- look, they're conservative, right? There's no doubt about that. I, I, You know, when's the last time they really stepped out? Yeah, right. Like, like step, you know, Carol. And, you know, even then, they, they only they, they, all they did was insert Carol to what they had existing, which was Andy Wozenchuk running the books and Bobby Greer running the personnel. So they didn't turn over the whole system. They just inserted Carol. But even then, I think that they looked at that and said that was, quote unquote, outside the family. You know, they started with Parcells. They went right back to Belichick. And it's been of their whatever it is now, 30 years of ownership, 27 have been that lineage. And Vrabel sort of continues that lineage, which I I can see why they would want it that way. But isn't it is it time for something different and new and offensive, at least? You know, I don't know. That's sort of where I'm at on that, Greg. I just will agree to disagree. I just think that Vrabel is too good in what he does, and and it opens up different avenues for the team in in other areas, personnel, offense, things like that, uh, that I don't think they can pass this up. I think this is as close to sure thing as you're going to get as far as a really good head coach who has experience and and, and knows the lay of the land here. What's the staff, quickly? Who's the defensive coordinator next year? Gerard Mayo. Who's the offensive coordinator? Bill O'Brien. Okay, I'm sorry, like that just or Arthur Smith. It's just okay. That feels a little better. When you have the worst scoring offense in the league in a decade, usually I'd say almost every time the OC and the offense doesn't survive. You have to change that, don't you? I mean, (laughs) is the whole that's a whole discussion. I mean, about the you know personnel and the assistant coaches and all that. I just don't think it was a good situation. And if Rabel gets the head job, he's going to have to explore that, see what the issue was. I'd also go with Arthur Smith, and he can sell him on the fact that he crafts on the fact that Smith is free. Ah, another (laughs) free guy. Yep, that's another thing to be concerned about. Why are we really doing this, or what's a a prime reason? Rabel's being paid by the Titans. McDaniel's would be paid by the Raiders. Arthur Smith is being paid by the Falcons. And they're going to have to pay Bill O'Brien when they shuttle him out the door. Well, he's already under contract, but like, yeah, they'll swallow the money on Bill's salary, but it's it's a wash at the end of the day because we're not paying Vrabel. It's like, these are these are considerations, or is it what's best for the team? Like, is this another reason that you should just have a little trepidation about the whole thing? More, like, just cutting more corners? Anyway, big boy, it was fun. Thanks, guys. And we're not done. Fun. You're with us through the Super Bowl, Through right? the Super Bowl. Are you yep. going to be out in Vegas? I'm just curious. I am not. Nope. No big boy in Vegas? Ooh. I don't go to the Super Bowl unless the Patriots are there.
BSG. Yeah. You B- should BS- come out just to hang BSG. out with us. BSG. Family, I have hockey games to Cheaping go out to, out there, you know? well, but you have a job, too. <laughs> Not covering the Super Bowl. Oh, come on now. You come out to Vegas. Why does the Sports Hub pay for me to go out? Well, you want me out there. You know who's going to be there covering the game? Who? Oh, Volan. There you go. Oh, great. <laughs> Thanks for coming by. We appreciate it. I didn't say anything. We'll have you nice and plump by okay. the time you get home. 90 seconds, no commercials. We come back. I just got to touch on that uh, Celtic. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger. Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.